the Game of Business podcast. Proximity is power. Registration for our executive boardroom is still open. To learn more, click the link in the description of this episode. All right, so today my guest is Matt Orzich. Matt and I had the opportunity to meet, shoot, back in 2016, I believe, at an event that we attended in Florida. And um, and we reconnected in, let me see if I get this date right, Matt. You're going to remember the date better than I am. I know that for a fact, but it would have been in 2019 in Maui. We ran into each other and we watched the NFL draft because Matt's son might have got drafted. He didn't, but he it happened better because he got picked up as a free agent. And last year, the, the kid won a Super Bowl trophy and a ring with the Rams. So that was beautiful. Matt is um, a divorce recovery specialist. Um, he was formerly a divorce attorney. And I believe at one point you told me, Matt, that you did over 800 divorces, which really probably tainted your soul, you bastard. Um, and then uh, he's also a real estate junkie. He's got a brokerage um, and does give some advice to folks in the real estate pay space. He was also worked some some for some time with a large bank for uh, commercial investing and financing. And today we're going to talk to Matt about fulfillment. We may get into some legal stuff too, Matt, but as I sit here and I watch you, look at you sitting on a boat in Marina del Rey, I'm like, I'm reminded that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And out of everybody I know, you have the fulfillment piece mastered, my friend. So thanks for coming here today. And, um, and let's just get into it. Thanks, brother. And I'm still uh, I'm still trying to get the success part right. I got the fulfillment down. I'm trying to nail the success part. Well, hey, you got you got out of that space that's rotting your soul working on divorces and somebody who's, who's had to go through it myself. You yeah, know, I, I get that. Um, so I out, guess... out of candor, out of candor, 800 divorce uh, consultations, consultations. OK, yes. So not 800 divorces, but I had 800 I did the consultation. That was my main job. I was okay. doing the initial consultation. So I heard all the story, right? right? And then I felt all the vitriol too, right? When people come in and the, you know, the, I want to screw them and screw, they screwed me and screw them and bleh, like all that stuff. It, it's so awful. I, it's, it's just awful. I think, you know, uh, one of the things that you and I had the opportunity to do um, I think you did it for a few more years than I did is to be platinum partners with Tony and uh, understand that life is happening for us and yes. to hold bitterness in your soul for anybody. It, it only is toxic to you. It's not to the other person. It's so true. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it takes, I'm, I don't know about you, but it took me a while to really digest that one properly. Yeah. Well, fortunately <laughs> I wasn't in the pit when I heard it, but I took it to light. And as I started to work on myself, I could sense myself sliding at certain times and, and I transitioned out of it. And, um, yeah, you're, you're lucky you got that. You got that teaching before you needed it, which is super powerful, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I knew where to look when I, when the, when the shit hit the fan, so to speak. So speaking yeah. of the shit hitting the fan, as you know, um, life is not a straight line. There's no, Hey, we're born and we take off straight up like a rocket ship as high as we're going to go. And then we die. It's ups and downs. 
and yeah, you know that sounds that sounds amazing actually it does sound like a way better way to go just like a <laughs> rocket ship and then yeah <laughs> just going exactly. just going to nirvana and call yeah, it right exactly <laughs> um whether that's at 16 or 60 or 106 you know? yeah that would be great it, but <laughs> however that's, long uh, that rocket flamed and then it was like see ya <laughs> so i want to talk about uh, to a man right now who has this fulfillment piece figured out but i want you to go back yeah i want you to go back to your pit and, Absolutely. and, and tell us where you were, um, at, at, at a low point in your life. And, and then let's, let's talk about the journey out of that and, and just kind of, we'll see where it goes from there. And I think this is really All important right. for business people, because look, there are a lot of external factors inside of business that we can, cannot control and we can set everything yeah. up. Right. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Oh, the government puts tariffs on steel and now <laughs> your margins 100%. go from, 50% to 5%, whatever happens, right? So the so it can be a personal pit. And one of the things that I also believe is yeah. if- ask, ask our friends, any friend in a trucking business today. Right. And 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 if you're if you're in a personal pit too, here's the thing, in a in a personal pit, if your psychology is messed up, you're not going to show up powerfully inside your business. So so take us back there because I want to understand your journey um, a little better. Yeah, cool. Um, I'll do it as much of a nutshell as I can. I uh, I was on that rocket ship, you know, ride, basically, right, you know, uh, whatever, all-American kid, right, sports, high school, class president, yada, 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 go on to college, um, go to law school. I played football in college, go on to law school, marry the pretty girl, have kids, I hated practicing law. <laughs> this was the first like rocket burst that went out. <laughs> it was like, oh, wait, I freaking hate this. Well, how did I end up here? And first start of unfulfillment, right? And then that led to actually the first time that my former wife said, you know, this isn't working. And then I worked hard on kind of repairing the relationship and showing up better for her because I was just too focused on law school and getting a job and thought that's what, that's what you do as a man, right? You go provide. Um, and so then I, we had transition. I went into just co the corporate world from there, <laughs> believe it or not. I was, uh, I was in-house counsel and sales manager for a tape measure manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> Random sold, sold Walmart, Lowe's, Canadian Tire, Klein Tools, like mega, grew the company from 3 million to 16 million in sales. Now think about this. We're selling average cost about $2 tape measures. Wow. It's a lot of tape measures that we were pushing out the door. Um, and yet I was, we were living in Wisconsin. Wasn't quite like this every day, especially <laughs> in December. Uh, and I was not fulfilled at all then <laughs> needless to say i don't think my uh former wife was very fulfilled either and she's like i gotta move from wisconsin i can't we we, we met living in california when i was going to law school and everything else so um she's like i can't do it anymore you gotta get a job I, and she, we went on vacation at the end of the summer and the kids were getting ready to go back to school and she goes i, I don't want to go back home he goes, I might stay with my mom. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. It's like, you got to find a job here. 
I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And that's when I got into commercial real estate financing, right? Banking. Uh, I had a friend that worked at the bank, talked to him, said, dude, I got to move back. I need a job. He's like, dude, I don't know. I know you're a lawyer. You've been selling measuring tools. And I'm like, I grew up in construction. My dad was a developer, general contractor. I understand how draws work, how to work with a bank. I, I used to do part of that stuff even when I was in college. It was a finance degree. So I helped with the bank, you know, with our finance guy and the banker. Uh, I was involved in that stuff. So I understand it. Do I know how to underwrite and do all that? No, I really don't. But I know I can learn it. So I start with the bank. And of course, I start down at the bottom of the totem pole as just a relationship manager. And thankfully, because I was an attorney, I had this instant credibility, right? It's like, oh, guy's an attorney. And then construction, it was like, oh, okay. And my clients at the bank never kind of questioned my credibility because of that. And I went from not knowing shit from Shinola, <laughs> literally at the bank at that point, of how to underwrite a deal, how to package a deal. Um, how to take in a package and really go through it. And at, at that bank, we did everything. We did. I didn't send it off to a credit analyst to do an underwriting or you know, and then bring it back and present it. I did everything. I took in the package. I underwrote it. I presented it to, you know, to credit to get it approved. Anyway, uh, in that first year, I think I finished top five in the bank in production in my first year, full year on the job, which was literally 13 months on the job. I'd start at the end of November. And then the next year, I was back and forth with one and two for the next five years. I was at the bank. Then comes a lot of 2008. Uh oh. <laughs> well, so the first thing that happened in 2008 is I get the, uh, uh, I'll go there and I'm going to try to, if I laugh my way through it, forgive me because it's better than crying my way through it. Um, I remember getting ready for bed one night and I'm in my walk-in closet again. I've kind of got the, I've, I've got the American dream life, right? I got, I got the beautiful wife, three kids, a dog, the minivan, you know, I was driving a Nissan Maxima, which was actually my dream car. I didn't have a Mercedes or BMW as my dream car, but the Maxima was for some reason. Okay. Uh, I love, I love that damn car. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, life was good, right? Like was good. But I do know in hindsight, I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled. I can remember being many days sitting and going, Oh, I, I know, I know, I know the rocket ship is about to take a nosedive, but yeah. I want to, but you said something there and you said life so was a, good. Life was good. Life, yeah. Life and was good. Life you know is, what good means. <laughs> when life is good and, and I've suffered through this as well. And I, and I know a lot of my clients have too, when life is good, we also go into um, a, a state of denial, right? Well, and, 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 we, and, get, I, and we get comfortable and lazy, I think, too. Yeah, right? both of and those. Like, and and what, I, what I see is, um, and what I've come to learn over the course of the last six, eight months is that the opposite of the truth is not a lie. The opposite mm. of the truth is denial. Because think about mm -hmm. that. You're either facing That's, the truth... I, or you're facing away from the truth and that's the denial. So you're good and you're mm -hmm. denying the underlying, the rocket started to sputter and you were denying it, right? Yeah, it's like it's denying that, hey, we're just floating in space right now. There's no power. Okay, good. And it, Okay, it's pretty. It's a nice view, but now what the F, right? right. Like, 
if there's no power in this thing, how long are we going to last out here? Right. And that's okay. kind of, I think, I think that was kind of that feeling, right. Never bad, but never great. Like it was yep. never, you know, there was great things that would happen kids and all that. Sure. Right. And, um, like I said, so I'm standing in my walk-in closet and I'm getting ready for bed. And I look over and uh, my wife, I literally can see the little toothpaste in the corner of her mouth. And she says, I have you know, dreaded words. I want a divorce. Uh-huh. Like what? And I still can. Now, had you like, guys like, been doing any counseling or anything, or is it just completely nothing. out of left field? Nothing. Just out of left field. Okay. It was out of left field from my perspective. Sure. Right. Uh, when I, when I dug into myself through the process, I realized she, for her, it was bad, not bad, but it wasn't good enough for sure for a long time. And for me, it was just fine. Right. <laughs> what did you learn about uh, yourself in that process? Because a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle, right. As yeah. you know, and yeah. a lot of times um, there's obviously lessons to extract there. Yeah. And what well, did you, you know, learn about yourself when that happened? If you don't mind, I'll share something you shared with me right before we got on. Of like you said, you're not really waking up in the middle of the night anymore, right? And I remember waking up in the middle of the night all the time. And I mean, every day it was 3:21 a.m. Actually, I don't know why. Still don't know why 3:21. You know, numerology people, I'm sure, will dissect this and they'll let me know. <laughs> um, but 3:21 a.m. I'd wake up and either we had kind of the mountain of uh, pillows between my wife and I, cause we were getting divorced, but we were still living together. Um, or she was in another bed. She was in one of the kids' beds or on the couch or something. And I would wake up and I remember one night, um, now at this point I'm going to, we, we tried to go to counseling after the de declaration of divorce. Uh, what I didn't realize it was already too late for her. I just didn't know that. Um, and I was literally one of those mornings at 3.21 a.m. I'm face down on the floor in my head. We had really thick, it was almost like shag carpet from the 70s, but it was cooler yeah. than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was tan instead of like lime green. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm face down and I'm crying. Like I'm bawling on the floor and just, it's like, why God, why me? Why us? Why my family? Why can't I fix this? Why, you know, all the whys. And still to this day, <laughs> when I think about it, it was like an out of body experience. And I had a journal because I was going to counseling. Now I'd never journaled in my life up until that point in time, except for during classes when I should have been taking notes and I'd be writing love letters and stuff like that. It was about the closest thing to journaling I ever did <laughs> until that point. But the counselor's like, journal, journal, get it out, write stuff down. So, okay. So I might, and every, you know, she was adamant get, and at 321 in the morning when you get up, grab your journal, bring it with you. Okay. So I'm on the floor. And like I said, it's like an out of body experience. I can remember looking down at the book and I'm writing respect. And I remember looking at it and going, you know, nope, no, I, I she, she gave up. Like, I don't, I can't respect her. I feel like she gave up. Like, and she didn't fight, right? Like, that's what I felt like. That was my perspective. And I was like, nope. Now, to go to tell you more about this pit part, because this, that's the, this is the beginning of the pit, right? <laughs> and as, as all pits go, they only get deeper for some reason. 
And like I said, this was the beginning of 2008. Well, September of 2008, I'm in commercial real estate finance. If you're in, in business or in the world and, and even close to an adult, you know that was a real estate financial crisis that happened in 2008. I kept my job for a while because I was a top performer, but we weren't loaning any money anymore. So by 2010, and now I'm really, I'm done with my divorce, thought I kind of made it through, um, actually had met my, my new girl <laughs> by then, uh, you know, by the end of, it was end of 2009, beginning of 2010, when I met Renee and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. And then I made it through the financial crisis and then I didn't, I got laid off from the bank. Um, and things were, are, are, you know, were already tight, right? You know, I worked for a bank. I didn't own the bank. I was making decent money. I wasn't making obscene money. Um, and, you know, and, and in California, I had, you know, child support that was, that was pretty good. And I gave up, you know, half the 401k and all the stuff that you do. And I fought for the house, which the house was upside down. Needless to say, once I lost my job, I'm calling Bank of America going, hey, I work for a bank. You got to help me out. They're like, oh, no, here's your notice of foreclosure. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, no. What about these workout deals? They're like, well, you don't have a job. I'm like, yeah, well, when I called you six months ago, you said I, you know, I, I made too much money. Now I'm not, now I'm on unemployment. <laughs> They're like, yeah, now you don't make enough money. And I, and I, so I did cash for keys and I was out of my house and then filed bankruptcy. So I had the trifecta, divorce, okay. BK, lost the job, lost the house. And this is 2010. And so this is 2010. And I guess that I'm just dating my Renee, who, you know, and um, we were, but we were long distance dating. We saw each other like 45, 60 days a year at this point. Cause she had a, a business in New Zealand. I was in the Inland Empire of California. Um, like I said, we, you know, it was, it was honeymoon, you know, long distance dating for that first right. year and a half, two years for sure. And it was perfect for where I was in life. Honestly, I couldn't, I didn't have the capacity for a, a local girlfriend. I would have, I would have blown that relationship up for sure. <laughs> right. But through all that process, I kept learning about myself and I learned that as much as I thought in all those things that had my instinctive reaction of fight like hell that somewhere, some way, God, whatever, kept telling me, that's not going to help you. Fighting like, against it's not going to help you. You it's mean fighting against you to it's go, not going to? Right. Or fighting, like fighting my ex-wife, right, about stuff, about the divorce, about anything. We did our divorce ourselves. Because I remember going to her and I said, look, I don't want some man or woman in a robe sitting on a bench telling you and I what to do with our money or our kids. I want you and I to sit down and figure this out because no matter what your mom says, my mom says, your friends say, my friends say, you and I are stuck together for the rest of our lives because we have three kids and I don't know about you, but I plan on being at every birthday, every wedding, every graduation, every football game, every baseball game, every volleyball match. I'm going to be there. And I know you are too. And I don't want to hate you and I don't want you to hate me. And I want to be able to be in the same room and do that. And I don't think bringing lawyers into this mess is conducive to that working out well. 
And like I said, that was not, if you knew me, <laughs> it's funny, you know me now, people that knew me then were like, you're not fighting. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? So <laughs> you know, like, what, what I've learned when you're going through something like this or any big, big thing in business where there's an outside force, it's like watching those, uh, those big wave surfers where they get towed out on, on the uh, jet ski. Have you seen these yeah. things? Yeah, yeah, and oh, yeah. like like the thirty or forty foot waves, right? They get towed yeah. out. They can't Giant get out monster. there themselves. But they got to get towed out by a jet ski. The jet ski actually tows them into the wave because they're coming in so fast. Right. And once they drop in, they have no control. That they, right. have, yeah. they have one tool, and that tool is the surfboard. Maybe their hand, if they can get it up against the white wave or whatever. Yeah. And yep. just their life skills. So. Yep. It, we can sit here and we can fight, but you're not going to fight that wave. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. what tools, you, you said you started working on yourself. What tools are you uncovering at this time that was like your surfboard on that wave? There you go. Sorry about that. Did you hear that? My did phone. You, no worries. Did you hear that question? Did I use, what, to, what tools did I use to ride that wave? Yeah, you, were, you began uncovering things. And went, yeah, at so this point. I, I, I think I, well, I, I think one of the things that I learned in the very beginning part was, was, uh, was again, not to fight it as much, um, as much as the urge was to fight it and fight like hell. The was to override that urge to just fight for almost for fighting's sake. Um, and that, that was huge because I, I think that now when I look at it, I know the more I fight something, <laughs> it doesn't help it. It doesn't help me or the problem. Right. I mean, Tony does it right where you, it's the Hakido type of training that instead of trying to resist and fight it, you grab you it, you kind of dance, you kind of yeah. dance with it first and then you can make it do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, at those, at that time, I didn't quite understand what I was learning, right? Except for at that point, it was self-control. And that was, that was kind of huge, right? It, to, to exercise self-control was big because I, I wasn't great at, I wasn't a horrible person or bad, but I just, I kind of just. So, you know, yeah. So you're working your way out of this. You've got a relationship. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, I mean, you, you're obviously diving into yourself. Um, are yeah. you looking back at and still at this point wondering what happened or what if or oh, yeah. having yeah. regrets was, about things? I was I was still spending too much time in that space and reading books mm -hmm. and watching whatever I could about. And I literally and uh, you know I think Renee knows this, but she will now. Um, <laughs> you know I I was still in the space of hoping that I was going to be somehow that my ex and I would get back together or stay together or whatever. Sure. It's it, um, it, for a period of time. It's natural, right? Because it's your well, family well, the, and you want to be there for yes, the kids yeah, too. Yeah. And it was, and, and there was times when I'd be like, Oh, it's way more about the kids and the family. Plus I'm like the first in my family to get divorced, you know, and just that, you know, hardcore Catholic upbringing and blah. And it's just like, Oh, uh, you know, the ultimate failure. And here I was, like I said, I mean, I was pretty damn successful in anything I tried. Right. Went to a tape measure company, took it from 3 million to 16 million, went to the bank, 
had no banking experience ended up being one or two in the bank within the you know in a in a pretty big real estate group you know right. it's like things I, I don't and I, and I hate to say anything ever came easy I worked for them but things came pretty easy mm -hmm. like graduated law school passed two bar exams got you know like um and then so failure wasn't a big part of my life up until that point and now I failed at the most important thing. And so are you feeling a uh, guilt and regret at this phase? Oh God, the guilt, regret, shame. And then it was like, oh, here's how I, here's how I screwed up. Here's what I thought. Oh God. Oh, I didn't, didn't give her enough attention. I didn't appreciate her enough. And then the respect thing comes back in. Like I didn't respect what she was doing. I didn't respect her place in, in the marriage. I didn't respect, I, I honestly, I had a little bit of a lack of respect for women, right? Like there was just a, if I'm honest. There was, there was that there. And I was like, holy shit. And the funny thing about that is I'm a mama's boy. I'm like, I'm mama's boy. And I had this lack of respect for women. And I, I wrote about this and then my mom actually heard me speak about it. Um, and my dad, God rest his soul. He heard about it as well. I talked to him about it before I ever did any public speaking on it was that, you know, my dad wasn't super respectful to my mom and the lack of respect actually came from that was the lack of respect for women was the fact that my mom put up with it. Yep. And to go into some of the levels of unpacking out of the shit and getting out of the pit, you know, I went to Tony Robbins in 2011, my first event, and I was cynical as hell the whole first day, JP. I sat there like this, and I signed up. I went by myself. Right. Was it a UPW event? The UPW in LA. It was the one Oprah was at. Okay. And of course I upgraded to a VIP ticket, even though I had, didn't have the money for it, but it was only like 750 bucks. And I was like, right. ah, okay. and, um, so I, I get, I get there. I'm, I'm in like the 13th row and I have a direct line of sight to Oprah, which I'm not like a fanboy. I'm like, I have respect for her. Right. <laughs> like we amazing. should, she's a billionaire. So, somebody who makes a billion dollars in business. You grew up uh, with, she's with a literally nothing like killed it right like yeah. so i was like yeah that's awesome i don't get the clamoring around people i just don't get that anyway yeah, I, you know I'm what not. i mean yeah so <laughs> anyway that, that whole day i'm like okay these people are all actors this is bullshit i even thought oprah's getting paid she's got some kind of partnership with tony she's paid to be here whatever and i'm thinking how could he pay her enough to be here she's got to be an investor in his business something because it was just, right it, it, and then I'm like, ah, fuck this cheerleading shit, dude. Like, give me the, give me the juice, man. What, what is it? The, you know, big guy. And of course, you know, he's huge, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just tell me what the freaking secret <laughs> sauce is. What do I do to get out of this fucking place I'm in? And I wasn't bad. I was, you know, I got a new girlfriend, you know, but I will say at that point, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. No, I had just moved out. I just moved out. I, yeah. The, the bottom of the pit, truthfully, Jared, was after I lost the house and I had to move into two bedrooms in a friend's house in Menifee, California with my three kids half the time. That was the bottom of the bottom. And then I lost my Nissan Maxima in the, in the bankruptcy. I couldn't, I couldn't save it. I didn't have enough money to save the Maxima. Mm. And I didn't yeah. want to do a reaffirmation agreement and blah, blah, blah. Right.
It was just so when you the, the budget didn't work, right? And here I was renting two bedrooms. I mean, this is the low. I mean, I I lived better in freaking college, right? Yeah, especially when you're stacking three kids into that other room, right? Exactly. I have my son sharing a bed with me. We're watching TV on a 19-inch TV in the room. You know what I mean? Like all four of us huddled in the bed. I um, want. I got two questions. One's so, going to be hey, about that, and the other question is going to be bottom of the pit, there, brother. Good. No, but but so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the second question that I was thinking first. Yeah. When you ahead. and your son think about watching that 19-inch TV now, what are the feelings that you associate with that? You know, the craziest thing is we, that when I talk about it, he's like, God, dad, I honestly, I almost don't even remember it. And then we go, yeah, but you know what? Things really weren't that bad. Mm -hmm. Like it was actually kind of cool. We were pretty close. We were all, well, it had to be close. <laughs> yeah. And, and so uh, you can feel some gratitude yeah. inside of that space. Right? Oh, dude, totally. Right. Like I, I, I'm so thankful for the, the, that friends of mine that let us live with them for a year. 50% of the time with my three kids and me the rest of the time. Now, right. granted, when I didn't have my kids, I'd come over here and I'd stay with friends while I worked in Orange County and stuff. But, it, you know, it was freaking brutal. Right. <laughs> so the other piece, getting back to this, you you had worked, began working on yourself and you, re, you had reflected on the guilt, shame, regret that you had. And yeah. my imagination is right now, you no longer feel guilt, shame, and regret about that. No. And no. so- what was the transition for you? So I think the transition was in the beginning, I took, I took it all on, right? Again, Catholic upbringing, I'm responsible for all of it. So I'll, I'll take it all on, I'll take it all on. And then I was making myself the martyr at that point too, right? Like mm -hmm. almost like I did everything. I'm the one who fucked the whole thing up. It all didn't work because I fucked up, right? Um, through the counseling, through working with my pastor at church and the men's group at a different church and reading and everything else, I started realizing, and then the Tony event, that Tony event, when he goes through a part of saying, as it is, not worse than it is, not better than it is, just as it is. And that part, that is the part that really started the growth, right? Because I went from that cynical first day to jumping off of chairs by the end of the night and walking across fire and being like, oh, oh this is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got to do this. Don't <laughs> tell me you're not a guru, Tony. I've seen that happen too many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's funny because I actually tracked down people because that was at the time we really, he did like two interventions on day one, maybe three, but two for sure. I tracked down both people he did interventions with and like talk to them because I wanted to find out that they were actors. One of them I'm still friends with hundred percent, not an actress. <laughs> She's just like, and I was like, Holy shit, this shit's real. Right? Like that was dawning on me throughout that day. And then obviously walking on hot coals is some proof about, I don't know how that worked, but that worked and that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm in. <laughs> and then the, and then I love the energy as you can tell. Yeah. Uh, I'm not so, a guy that enjoys being sad and depressed. That's yep. for sure. <laughs> so I want to talk about two things. And now we're going to start talking about this rocket ship coming out of the pit. Cause we're, we're, I can see we're at a transition point. We're about to get there. Right. Yeah. 100%. I'm going to share, I'm going to share a little bit of myself uh, with, with this topic. I haven't done this uh, live or, or, or on a podcast. So I um, had realized that I had some relationship issues 
um, in uh, December of 2017. And I realized that if I didn't do something to, I had two options. I sat, I laid there in a bed and I realized I have two options. I can start planning my escape and getting out of this thing. Or I can figure out how to fix it and get this relationship back in prime. And in 2018, that was my sole target. It wasn't going to be about business. It was going to be about my relationship and getting it back into prime. And so before what happened in this last couple of years, I worked my ass off to show up as the man any woman would want. And so when my end came, while it was painful, I can look back and go, she walked away from the greatest version of me. And if that's not good enough, there's nothing I can can deal with. So I don't, I, I was able to walk away from the guilt, shame, regret because I'd already put the work in prior to the end. So the reason I bring this up is not to toot my own horn, not to jump on a bandwagon, but for the entrepreneurs and especially the men out there, because so many times inside of business, we think what you thought, I'm doing the work, I'm providing for the family, I'm doing all the things I think I'm supposed to be, which is a fucking ATM. That's what we think as men we need to be. And that's not what we need to be with so much more than right. that. So um, I'm just going to put two cents in there. If anybody's hearing this and they're relating to Matt and they're relating to, okay, JP's going through a divorce, but he's not living with guilt and shame. It's not because I don't have a heart. I'm more connected to my heart now than I ever have been in my life. And you and I've seen this, you've seen me breaking down oh, on, yeah. on it as well. Cause it, well, there's still some emote. There was still emotion involved in that. But the point is if you work on yourself and you know yourself prior, then you can get through it faster as opposed oh, yeah. to after it's done, there's so much of the pain and you don't have the tools to get yourself out. You know, right. if you, if anybody follows my Instagram or Facebook, you can go back for four years and you can find a daily post from me. It's like a one or two sentence meme that I put out there. It's not a quote from Einstein or Tony or from it. It's from me. It's from the work I did on myself first thing in the morning. And this is what I learned about life today. And yeah. so I've got 1200 of these things that are publicly posted. So yeah, yeah, I know yeah. myself, right? So, um, so now bringing it back to you. Yeah. The, the rocket ship is, uh, has righted itself in around 2012, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Around 2012 is it started, right? I'd started my brokerage, uh, my real estate brokerage. I started in, um, Let's see. Well, I got laid off from the bank in 2010. I, well, I started at the end of 2010. And again, uh, you know, guess what? It wasn't that hard. Because I'm a lawyer, I get to take the broker's exam, not just the real estate agent's exam. I pass it. I didn't put a lot of work in, I'll be honest. Um, and I um, go out and Literally, my first listing is a four and a half million dollar oceanfront in Newport Beach. Like, <laughs> this is easy. <laughs> How long did now, it sit there? <laughs> this is before I've done the work yet, JP, right? right? And like really dug into the work. At that point, I just dealt with the pain and not really the work, right? Like I just kind of diffused the pain. Um, and again, things were good. Okay. <laughs> Well, I didn't realize and it's good because you're it's good because you're out of the pain now. That's right. I'm out of pain. Things are good. Things are good with the with with, with my former with my former wife. We get along fine. 
fact, half the people in our town didn't even know we were divorced. And I'm like, well, she's sitting over there on a picnic blanket during the baseball game with another dude. So, <laughs> like, you know, come on. <laughs> it's California, Matt. That's the way things yeah, roll know, in California. You but, carry pineapples and have white rocks in the yard. I mean, shit happens yeah, well, in California. If, and it, well, if you know, we live, we, at that time, we lived next to Canyon Lake, which is known for pineapples and white rocks. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like no one thought of that i'm like oh yeah well anyway <laughs> yeah but like i said things were good and um uh as some of your entrepreneurs i bet will be able to relate to i'd never owned my own business before and i forgot about a little thing called taxes uh-oh yeah yeah and uh so like i said i had just filed bankruptcy and you can't BK taxes really anyway. But when that hit came, I did what every good entrepreneur does. goes, fuck it, I'll make more money and I'll pay it off. Well, I didn't make enough money to pay it off. So I fought a tax problem during the growth part. But the cool thing was that after the Tony stuff, because that's when that started hitting, it was like, oh, right after that, and it was starting to really grow. Here's still one more thing, right? Like, oh, shit, it's not over. And that was, that was the reality of, you know, JP is never over. There's always going to be freaking arrows coming at your back, at your front, at your side. There's good, the shit of life happens. Yes. Whatever those are. Some are self-inflicted. Some are, you know, some are you tripped over your own arrows. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to share, I got to share something with you, man, because this was huge. This is a huge moment in my life. It happened about June. I'm a, I'm a, about um, three months into, we're getting divorced, right? Mm -hmm. And I, Tony would teach us about, um, taught something about uh, if you're not happy and it's in your life, it's because your life conditions don't match your blueprint. And a couple of years ago, I designed this document that would ask a series of questions across your fitness, faith, family, and finance that you get clear on what your life conditions are, you get clear on what you want, and now you can see the gap between your life conditions and your blueprint sure. actually do. Tony had the concept. I have created this tool to do it. And I decided I'm going to drink my own Kool-Aid. So I did it. And there's a section in there that said, when you think about your life as it currently sits right now, what are the feelings that you associate with your life? Sadness, anger, fear, scarcity, all emotions we consider negative emotions, right? Right. The next one said, when you think about the way your life has been up into this point and what the, your life is going to be in the future, what are the emotions that you associate with that? Abundance, happiness, joy, love, gratitude. And I, for whatever reason, I'd set that document down and then I picked it up two weeks later and I looked at it and it was awesome because it hit me like this. And this is why these tools and why, when somebody's got these tools, they can work through this shit faster, right? I looked at that and I went, wait, if these emotions are how I was before and they're going to be the way I am after and I can't control anything that's going on now, why don't I just feel these emotions now? <laughs> right? And it seems simplistic to say that, but I just decided to be me. The loving, I think joyful, it's only simplistic when you've done the amount of work that we've done. Sure, sure. Uh, you know what I mean. And you've had coaching. Then it, then it is. It's, it's easy, right? I mean, 
it's easier, it's easy to see, and it's easier to work on implementation. Right. All right. That when you've done the amount of work that I know you've done and I've done that it, it, it it's a lot faster and easier now. And right. that's part of what I try and do now for other people. Right. But so you go, yeah. And then you go through this bankruptcy and then you go through the tax thing and you're basically, you went from one big wave that crashed on you and now you're riding the next big wave and you can't yep. control it. You yep. just got to ride yeah. it. And so, like, yeah, just ride it and go, all right. I mean, have a great time when I'm doing it. Cause like so Houston, let me ask there you. was that realization of when I was in uh, India through Tony introduction to, you know, the, the understanding. And I, I'll never forget the, uh, um, I can't think of his name right now. Oh crap. I could picture him. What is his name? Anyway, the, the monk teaching us about beautiful state and right. ending suffering mm -hmm. and talking about how our thoughts are really what creates suffering. And I was kind of like, mm, you know, and I'm like, well, what about, you know, what about the people that, that were, that died in the world trade center on nine 11, like, and their families like that, they didn't create that suffering. Someone else created that suffering. Like, no, someone else created the pain. The suffering is their choice. I'm like, no, 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 that, you, no, that, 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 that's suffering. I, you, you know, you lost a loved one and something like that. It's that's suffering. And he was like, you know, it's suffering. No, it's pain. He goes, that's pain. It's suffering. And kept having this thing about it. And then he, at one point <laughs> when he said, so why do we suffer? And I said, well, we suffer because without the low points, you can't really appreciate the high points. And he says, well, that is stupid. And I was like, that's the only swear word in my house is stupid. That's the guru that like, was telling you this. This is the monk in, in okay. India. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You just call me stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna kill this little Indian man. <laughs> and um, and, and it was it was wild because I'm sitting there and I'm like, we're in a week long retreat, and this was the ultimate breakthrough, Jared. Like this is where that happened was that week. Yes. Um, and that that was the ultimate shift, more so than breakthrough. I have a, I have languaging around breakthroughs and shifts, right? Yep. Personally. Um, this was where the shift happened because then as we got deeper into it and realized there's always going to be triggers, there's always going to be painful things that happen. We can't control those. Yep. Like you said, there's a tariff, the gas prices double, you know, and you run a business that you're a trucking business. Your wife you says she doesn't want to be married anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, you, you can't control that. Right. You know? So what, I, and then, but then I realized that, okay, that's pain. We can't, we can't avoid painful things happening to us. We can't avoid shit happening to us, mm -hmm. but we a hundred, we a hundred percent can control how we react to it. Yes. And our suffering is 90% how we react to it. And that's according to Charles Swindoll. Um, and I believe that that's where suffering comes from. Pain is pain. Like in the middle of pain, it's it's not you know you know it's not right for anyone to say hey get over it right no you're mm -hmm. still in the middle of your pain go ahead you know be in pain try and do your best to interject your thoughts create space so that you can say i'm not going to act from that pain and fight like like i said that was that was the first thing i was doing in the beginning at least i was mon i was monitoring my self control and not reacting from the pain from the hurt from the shame from the guilt I wasn't acting out of it. I would, cur I would 
stop and just say, okay, like you said, I didn't even know the process I was doing as far as how do I want to be? How do I want someone to talk about the way I handled that divorce and handled that situation? I don't want any, I don't want anyone to go, oh my God, what an asshole he was. Uh, I don't, I don't want to be that. So how do I avoid being that? Well, uh, the number one coaching advice I ever give is stop being an asshole. <laughs> Lead with love. And one of the, the greatest things you gave me when we first started working together a few months back was um, peace is the most powerful state. Yeah. Wow. And that was where in India, in India was when I first experienced that true peace because I, the respect thing came to me. I was sitting on the Buddha deck in the Indian ocean at four 30 in the morning, this time not waking up because I was suffering, but waking up because it was beautiful and it was amazing. And I was out there and it's quiet. And I went out and just, you know, and then I watched the sun rise up over the Indian ocean. And I, I, that was the first authentic, true peace of me and peace with peace with everything at that point. And it was where the whole respect thing came back full circle to me of that's when I really realized that the respect was a lack of respect for my mom for tolerating the way that my dad, you know, treated her. And, and then I realized my dad, my dad treated her in my opinion, you know, unfairly. Right. But at the end of the day, they stayed married for 62 years, 61 years, sorry. And they, she, that's, I should have the ultimate respect for that, that she tolerated that out of love for him and for her family so much that she can, she can put up with that. Right. And who was I to judge what she could put up with or what she should put up with or not. Mm -hmm. And that release of that whole thing of, and then realized again, went back even with my former wife, I said, I have the ultimate respect because she wouldn't tolerate not for one more second, not for one more minute, having an okay marriage. Okay, sucks. And yeah, I wish I would. I wish, but then mm -hmm. when I think, then when I thought about it, it was like, oh, there were uh, there were plenty of warnings. I if I was in my own bathroom or closet, going fuck this, clearly there was warnings. <laughs> Things weren't right. Things weren't good. Things right. were just okay. Things weren't even good. Like they were good, but not. They couldn't have been that good. Yeah. So let's, let's and take I didn't this do so, shit about it. Right. You, like I you, didn't take any action. Yeah. So you learned this lesson about living in a beautiful state yeah. and now I see where you're at. <laughs> it's easy to do here. It's a lot yeah, easier yeah. to do here. So, brother. so transition me here. Um, I, I, we've been, I, I, I want to keep uh, on, on track time-wise and, and honor your gotcha. respect. You, you respect you for your time. How do we get from this last piece of living in a beautiful state no matter what and so we can live in a state of fulfillment like you're in right now so the like i said that was that that realization there of all pain and all these things happen but there's still shit that happens dude like I, i'm i'm a human and i live with other humans um there's still things you know like whatever with the kids and what there's stuff right there's stuff that happens the difference now um, for me is, first of all, it's the commitment to not suffer. When I realize pain's going to happen, that's okay, but suffering is a choice. Why in the world would I ever choose to suffer? Yep. 
Now, it takes control. It takes that self-control, which was that first step of the thing I was learning in the hard, hard, hard part was self-control. It takes control to catch it when the pain is getting you to start to react or start to suffer. Because it's, to me, here's the difference between pain and suffering. If I punch you in the face, you're going to have pain. And that pain is going to last probably a couple of days, to be honest with you. It's going to dull. It's going to, but you're still going to be like, throb there. Yeah. Punch me in the face, that (laughs) asshole. Like, right? You know, you're going to feel it for a couple of days. So that's still the pain. The suffering is two weeks from now, the the, the black eye's gone. You don't even have a throb anymore. You don't, it's not even sensitive to the touch anymore. And you're going, What, was I such an asshole that Matt punched me in the face? What's the matter with me? It's the thought about the pain. And we don't right? move it, it and release it. And we don't, we don't observe it. We don't release it. And you maybe own more of it than you need to. It was like, no, Matt was just whatever. He was just an asshole. And I was there and he punched me in the face. It had nothing to do with me. Or I said the wrong thing and it wasn't a big deal, but shit he was in a bad space and okay like but it to, for me so i have a whole process that i do about it like you said peace is the most powerful state which i didn't say I, it it you me, did yeah well <laughs> you reminded me of it is that it it's um because from peace i get to choose i get to choose when i'm when i when i truly find peace i get to choose do i want to be excited you know, like, like you said, my son getting signed and all that shit. I want to be excited. But if I stay too excited all the time, I'm missing a lot of things I probably need to be paying attention to mm-hmm. of just normal life, whatever. Just like if I want to, if I choose to be now from peaceful place and there's, we just had an, an anti-pass, she's 106. It's not real sad, but there's a little bit of sadness. Sure. But if I, but if I just blow it off, I'm like, she was 106. Fuck, dude, ah, come on. Like, no, okay, no, I'm sad because she's the cutest little, <laughs> she was a nun and 106. I and mean, she was amazing, right? And just like, oh, I'm sad that she's gone. Like, if I just blow that off, or as we learn in Tony, like change my state like that, like that, like that, that's useful. It's super useful. I just don't think it's powerful. The powerful thing is taking time, creating space, which I I believe we do through breath. I know you and I have talked about like breath work and breathing. Breathing is key because obviously without breathing, we die in about five to seven minutes at most for most average humans. Right. Um, And I have a whole process that I do of breathing and now like working out, which I haven't been doing as much lately, but when, when when you're working out, I, you can go in and maintain pretty easy, but you're still, if you don't work, if you work out really hard and you're super strong, lean and buff, and you just maintain for after a little while, you're going to, you're going to stay here. And then you're going to start going down. You're not going to be, your body mass is going to go up. You're not going to, you're not going to be as lean. If you're only doing a maintenance workout. Right. Right. So the same thing with cultivating this fulfillment, cultivating this is a morning ritual that I, I call it, you know, hour of power, but it's, it's an hour with no power of power. <laughs> the only power I have is a phone that wakes me up, but it's an airplane mode. 
And then I use it for music to do meditation. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, I haven't been working out. I haven't been working out lately, but typically that would be part of it. Go right away. Get, go for a walk. I mean, I walk the dog. I don't think that really counts. But in that, when I'm walking the dog in the morning, I am, I am doing my gratitude stacking. And again, it's super easy to do here. But at the same time, there's still shit going on in my world, even though I'm here. It's easier to kind of disconnect from it and, and have space. But I have to tune in, like I said, with the auntie who passed. And I had, a, I had to take some time to tune into it and go, no, sure. I am sad. And it's okay to be sad. And, uh, you know, and then be so grateful for her and the, and, the, and the part that she's been in my life and everything else. And, and just think of how amazing that is. Sorry, the little yeah. alarm went no, on. I, I'm a big um, believer in the morning ritual thing too, Matt. And especially since we're talking, since my target market, market here is entrepreneurs. There may be other folks. But yeah. as entrepreneurs, we get to control our schedule. And, and yep. some days you can't, but for generally you can. And so like I normally, I'm a morning person. I get up early anyway. I set my alarm yep. to go off a soft wake up between five and five 30. I'm usually up before the alarm goes off anyway. Yep. And I do, I don't call, I don't call it anything an hour of power, but I'll do a morning ritual. And sometimes if I need to, I can crank it out in 30 minutes. Sometimes yep. like today I took about two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I just, I ended up, I, I did a, I did happen to do Tony Robbins priming. I haven't been doing it a lot lately. Awesome. I, just, I added that today just because I wanted to feel, I wanted more gratitude in my life, you know? And so, yep. so what would you say for folks out there? So we're going to talk about some fulfillment, kind of wrap it up. What do you, would you give the, we'll get, give you the three to thrive here that you could give entrepreneurs to shift into this beautiful state or, and, and then find fulfillment in their life. Perfect. So it is, it is something that I do. I have a whole effortless peace process that I have, right? And it is stop. Stop is step one, just because it's like stop. Breathe. There's a whole bunch that we can do about breathing, but just breathe. Breathe as deep as you know how. The more you know, the better you can do it. But breathe as deep as you can. Gratitude. So now we're stop is one. Breathe is two, gratitude. And stack gratitude and be as detailed as you can in your gratitude. This is like you said, for the two and a half hours of working out, that's when you go, like, I'm so thankful for my, my daughter be, because she's strong, she's independent, she's focused, she takes care of herself, she's funnier than shit. Like, like I've done this, that it, it just comes off my tongue of what I'm grateful for my daughter for specifically. And then... Not, not what I love about this now dog. is where you are now, think about who Matt is today, yeah. how much differently you would have been if the divorce happened today. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it, it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> you would have rebounded much quicker. Much quicker. Yeah, right. because think about my time frame, dude, from divorce to really coming out of it was almost five years. Right. Yep. Was the Yeah, the real part of it was five years. Right. And, um, and and I'm not going to lie. I know that I've still got some, some wave to ride myself because it's not, mine's not finalized yet, but I'm at peace right now. And I don't wake up anymore thinking about it. And that stopped about five months in roughly. It doesn't. Yeah. Which is awesome. Again, be, it, not five it, years, because you did five so months. Much work, right? right. So this is why I want people to pick up on this. Not, I, I'm not encouraging divorce. I'm not saying that we, yeah. this happened to just be around divorce. It wasn't the plan for this call. Um, 
but, but it also, bad but shit's it also going to happen. Something, JP, though, it also points out something, right? Like you said, right? Is like you're not encouraging divorce. Look, you did the work to to try and make sure it didn't happen, and it still happened, right? I was too late to the party. I didn't do any work before, and here's the reality: you're going through yours a whole hell of a lot better than I went through mine, and the 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 pattern of destruction and the collateral damage is less in yours because of the work that you've done already. So right. with that, like, it's like, if you are listening to this, and you're an entrepreneur and like, shit's great. This is good. You're still in the rocket ship or you're at the rocket ship floating around earth going, it's beautiful. It's not a bad time to pick up a coach. Yep. I would, or I would dig agree. into, dig into self-development. And because here's the other thing that I want to say. It may not be divorce. It may be right. COVID comes along and the government shuts down your business for six months. Right. 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 It's the 100%. same pain, right? How right. the hell am I going right. to survive? Again, I don't want to. I don't want to put out there the things it could be, but there's a whole lot of shit that can happen in the world. Right. So let's just prime ourselves to be ready for it beforehand. It's yeah. kind of like 100%. an insurance policy that you're doing for yourself. 100%. Hey, so that was. I asked for the three to thrive for for the audience, but I want to know something for myself. Okay. What's, what's your purpose, Matt? Uh my 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 purpose is to help people help people end their suffering and live more fulfilled and beautiful lives. That's beautiful. And so how can we get a hold of you? Besides uh, them all calling me and my team, how can they get a hold of you directly? <laughs> so I, I have a web page uh, and it's freedominrelationships.com. Freedominrelationships.com. Okay. And that's something I'll offer is you can go on there. There's my effort list. I don't even know what it's called on there, to be honest. I'm going to be candid with everybody. I That's the only way we are, Matt. <laughs> I'm not a big tech guy. I'm not a big tech guy. And I got frustrated with the tech and the team and all that stuff. So I'm a one-man band at this time. Um, and I go on there and you you go on there and it'll be, uh, there's a spot that says uh, programs or something like that. Find the effortless peace, love, and happiness formula. I believe it's called on there and put in, download it, and just put free PDF in the coupon code. You don't have to put in a credit card. You don't have to put in shit. And you can, besides, I think an email, you know, to get it. I don't, I don't even think I collect a phone number. I don't bug you from there, but from there, you'll see the email address for support. You can email, like, just goes to me now. I don't have support. I'm support. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then, so, um, and then Who's obviously your, on who, Facebook, whatever, okay. if they want to message me there, it's great. Okay. Um, who's your target demo that you're going for with this? So I, I, I really do uh, love working with entrepreneurs. I work with men and women now. Uh, I was for a while focused on just working with women, believe it or not. Um, interestingly, how the wor world works out. You're a mama's uh, boy. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm a mama's boy. And... <laughs> And I, and I think in there, I have a, I have a special skill of being a man that isn't trying to uh, screw them in any way, literally figuratively. <laughs> and that is, you know, I, 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 and I hold space as a man for women. And I think that I serve really powerfully with women. Um, and I serve powerfully with men too, in the same sense of, most men feel very comfortable that I'm a man, <laughs> that I'm coming with full masculine integrity. Um, and when I point out their shit, it doesn't uh, feel 
uh, you know, it doesn't feel like someone who hasn't been there or hasn't, you know, been in that place. So, right. um, and, and I would say my, from my perspective is as a coach that you coached a lot of women, you bring to the men, the perspective of women. Right? Well, that's that. Yeah. I was say, right. that, that is another piece. Yeah. It's a good yeah. point. Thank you. So like when I, when I own the manufacturing business, I'd have, you know, 20 fabricators out there and I could solve problems. They didn't, they never could. And I didn't right. know how, I didn't know how to weld because <laughs> I had gone, think about this. Every one of those guys gets to work eight hours a day as a business right. owner. I got 160 hours of work going on, which means yeah. I got 20 <laughs> times as many problems as they do which means I'm being dragged into 20 times more problem solving spaces. So my education right. is 20 times faster. And I'm sure there's some kind of some statistician will go, Oh no, it, it compounds exponentially. <laughs> but, but I could go out and look at a problem and go boom. Cause I'd solved it two years ago, even though I right. can't, I couldn't put it together, but I could tell them how to do it. Right. You're in the same space where the women told you how fucked up men are. And now when you're coaching men, you go, you're fucked up, bro. Yeah, you fucked up, bro. Let me help you. you know, quit being awesome. such an asshole. <laughs> Matt, hey, I love this conversation. I didn't know where it was going to go today. I think there's going to be a lot of value for folks out of it. Um, I will tell the people here, um, I love this man's heart. He's a he's a, an authentic human being. He's not going to pull any punches with you. Um, I, I would encourage you, if you have any relationship speed, uh, issues, there are a lot of places you can go. I think Matt would be a fabulous place to start, especially if you're watching this and you're an entrepreneur, man or woman. Uh, a lot of love for this guy. Uh, thanks for giving us your time, Matt. And I uh, look forward to you know, catching up with you again soon. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. I just love hanging out with you. And this was, it felt like just hanging out. So yeah, uh, absolutely. I love it, bro. And uh, of course, it's always, end with peace, brother. Peace, man. <laughs> it's the most powerful <laughs> state, bro. It is. It is, brother. All right, man. Love you. I love you too, bud.